there, gorgeous listeners. Welcome back to another edition of Throwing Shade. Alan, how how are you? Baruch Hashem. Excellent. I am so happy to hear it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're going to continue talking a little bit about origin stories in our last episode. After 20 episodes of this podcast, we decided <laughs> maybe we should talk about where demons come from in the first place. And so right. we explored three different possible origin stories all of which come from the Gemara, from the Talmud, um, one of which is all about God creating demons. The other one is about Adam inadvertently creating demons, and then about the Tower of Babel and how those folks just turned into demons. And so mm-hmm. now we're going to explore, we're going to go extra Gemarical. I don't think that's a word. We're going to go beyond the Talmud <laughs> and um, look at even more origin stories of demons. Because they're coming from everywhere and they're all around us, and this is super exciting. So, Alan, where where are we going? All right, well, we're talking. Or where about are we coming from? Ah. You see what I did there? Yes. Okay. We are coming from the mind mostly of Rabbeinu Bechia. Okay. Um, was a very well known commentator. Our uh, Rabbi uh, Bechia. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, and uh, right. So. Um, He's going to start at the beginning. He's going to start in the book of Genesis, chapter 4. There's all these begats. Yeah. And, um, and uh, one of them is about Tuvalkain. It's the name of somebody named Tuvalkain. And interestingly, every once in a while in these begats, it mentions something interesting about one of these uh, people. Mm-hmm. Tuvalkain, first of all, has an interesting name because this is several generations after somebody whose name is simply Kain, right. who we know as the son of one of the sons of Adam and Chava. Yes. And uh, he did not fare so well. No. Because... Uh, <laughs> Arguably better than his brother, but... Well, uh, one of his brothers, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank God there was another brother after. Yeah. Chase. Yeah. Um, Seth, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, and, and Kain appears in other Shadim stuff, but we're not going to talk about that mm-hmm. just yet. What's interesting is that this particular character, Tuval Kain... Um, first of all, his name is very Trekkie sounding. What? Oh, like Tuvok? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that vibe. But sure. don't let me throw you off track. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Tuvalkine, yeah. So Tuvalkine, which um, the interesting thing that it mentions about him in that in the text of the Torah itself is that his sister's name was Nama. Oh, and we've learned about Nama we before. We have learned a little bit about ah. Nama. But so Rashi actually picks up on two things regarding that and uh, says Tuval Kain, he talks about the uh, etymology of the word Tuval. Okay. Um, and basically comes to the conclusion that Tuval Kain's job, well, it says actually it says in the, um, in the text of the Torah that he works with all kinds of metals mm-hmm. um, to create things. Mm-hmm. Rashi explains Tuval Kain means he came to finish the job of Kain, so to speak. And what he makes out of mm. these metals is, um, weapons of murder and destruction, destruction and whatever. Wow. Yeah. An arms dealer. He's okay. Uh, arms maker, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, A gunsmith. Okay. Sure. And he is. Um, I mean, I said gunsmith. <laughs> I know. I know. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Anyway, yes. um, he makes sharps things to poke people with. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Whatever. Um, and then uh, his sister was Nama. Mm-hmm. And Rashi knows, of course, as we do, and as is mentioned in a number of other places, that the name Nama is a reference to 
one of our four, one of the four uh, queens of the Shadim. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, what Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says is that Nama is the wife of a shade named Ashamdain. Okay. Ashamdain and Nama have a son whose name is Ashmedai. Uh huh. Right. Right. Okay. And Ashmedai, we've met, we've learned in previous uh, episodes of this podcast, and many of our listeners probably already know Ashmedai is known as the king of the Shadim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, what Rabbeinu Bechia continues to say is that Shadim come from him. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, metaphysically, he continues to say, how exactly does that work? Yeah. Fair um, question. Uh, they come from four women, and they are the four queens we referenced just a moment ago, hmm. named Lilith, yeah. Nama, Agras, and Machlas. Mm-hmm. That's their, those are their names. Um, they're all sort of related to one another in different ways. Um, and uh, in addition to all of that, Rabbeinu Mechir continues to tell us that there are 26,000 classes, groups uh, of, of impure spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of those groups is basically infinite. You can't count all of these whatever, but the, he divides into 26 groups. Mm-hmm. How many are in each group he's saying is like impossible to count. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, that they, I guess, under the um, queens, control the four parts of the year, basically the four seasons oh. of the year. Huh. Each, I don't know if that's each season gets a queen or whatever. Right. Shadim kind of get deployed for seasonal labor. Sure. <laughs> or, and then they get three quarters of the year off. No, the, the queens do. I'm not sure if the... Oh, good point. I'm not sure. Actually, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, good question. I'm not sure if they've back. unionized or like, what's going <laughs> right. on? Okay, cool. Um, and uh, that these four queens are the wives of what's called Sarashil Esav. The mm-hmm. Sarashil Esav is the Satan. So mm. they are the wives of the Satan. Mm. Um, this, the, for, to translate, Sarshal Esav is the, um, the, uh, age, the angel, the messenger, whatever, the, the, the prince, quote unquote prince, right? Right. Who is in charge of, of, um, the nation that comes out of Esav, and, but Esav himself as well. Mm. So Esav is one of the characters in the book of Genesis. I encourage our listeners to right. go learn. Um, Esau, yes, right. of Jacob and Esau fame. Yes. Correct, yes. Um, and Harry Man, yes. Right. Um, all of that is in Rabbeinu Bechia, but interestingly, the, the Maharsha, another commentator, also uh, agrees with everything that the Rabbeinu Bechia says mm. um, and uh, posits, in addition, that uh, the Igras Bas Machlas that we mentioned in a previous episode um, that remember there's two of the queens one is agras and one is machlas agras bas machla, machlas mm-hmm. um uh so two of them are one of, there's, a, there's a mother and daughter pair right um so yeah keeping it all in the family right totally yeah it, whatever they're shady yeah well, yeah anyway um, what are you gonna do <laughs> um uh the text says uh there uh according to 
according to uh, the Maharsha, that's an indication that she is the mother of Shadim. Mm-hmm. Uh, the translation there is uh, she is the t- the mother of a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Or teacher of spirit, really mother, right? Like from Hore. Um In Hebrew, they're similar words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Cool. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> So we now have not one, not two, not three, but four origin stories for Shadim. Um, one with God, and it's very intentional. One with Adam, with Adam, the first person, and it's quite unintentional. Um, we've got the generation of the Tower of Babel who get turned into demons as a punishment. And now we have demons out creating other demons mm-hmm. um, and kind of taking on that agency and, <laughs> you know, Owning it. Owning it. Owning it. Building the population. And, uh, you know, humans really only get two origin stories. It doesn't seem quite fair that. Okay, and I would disagree with that. And and I'm sure you would. But there's (laughs) there's like the the faraway remote God of the first chapter of Genesis that's kind of like making all these big cosmic things happen. And it just so happens that humans sort of get created at the end of that. And then there's Genesis 2 which is more sort of intimate, close molding the human out of clay kind of thing. And But demons get four different origin stories. At least. There's more. There's more to come. There's more to come. All right. So let's keep going. Uh, yeah. Um, what I'm about to say is uh, two things about what I'm about to say. One is that it's uh, just more detail in what we already have. Okay. Um, so not really any new origins right, right now. Oh. There will be a part three, I think. Okay, I'll survive. Um, and then um, uh, the other thing is that we're about to learn a lot from the Zohar Kodesh, which mm. is um, the Zohar, mm-hmm. uh, mystical stuff, right? Kabbalah stuff, which we've not done much of yet in this podcast, and mm-hmm. that's on purpose. Just saying, this is, you know. Okay, hold on to your hats, everybody. <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> not safe for work. Zohar, let's do it. All right, whatever. I'm really excited. Okay, Good. so what does okay. the Zohar have to say about all this? Uh, a couple interesting things. So regarding those shading which were created by Adam Rishon, mm-hmm. uh, Adam, yeah, um, they are those shading which hang out in doorways, mm-hmm. in ditches, in the ground. Like so many p- ditches. Yeah, pet wells and ditches and pits and stuff in the ground, uh-huh. and in the uh, toilet. In the, uh, the toilet. In the in the restroom. You said that with such delicacy. Well, I'm trying to say, like, not just the actual, you know, porcelain throne, but the actual, the room in which. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we have to do a lot. Well on played, We'll Alan. do a lot on. <laughs> that was all class. Okay. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> they're not just in the pot. They're in the room. Okay. You're right. Um, Great. It, 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 let me just say that it was common knowledge for most of Jewish history that the shading hung out in the bathrooms, in the restrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so anyway. Um, All right. We'll um, make that knowledge common again. Not much else is said really uh, of note about the shading that came from the Dorha Flaga, the, mm-hmm. the generation of the Tower of Babel. Mm. Um, but uh, There's some really great potential for fan fiction in that, though. I'm just going to plant that because I know our listeners and I feel like somebody <laughs> will take up that mantle. Go for it. Yeah. 
Oh my God, how cool would that be? Okay, um, yeah. And then, but with regard to the uh, Shadim, which were created by Tuvalkain and Nama, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, Nama and Ashamdain and Ashmedai and all those that come at come Right, come the later, whole happy family, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a mess of a family tree. But um, <laughs> with Thanksgiving on the horizon, you think <laughs> your family is dysfunctional. Just wait till you see these demons. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the Zara tells us that Cain, the person, the original Cain, mm-hmm. so um, he had a Ruach. Now, Ruach can be translated as spirit, but in this case, um, it's referring to one of the Ruchin, right? Uh, one of the castes. Of right. The category of Category of, uh, of the hierarchy of, of Shadim. Mm-hmm. Um and so Cain had a ruach. Now mm. Cain's ruach was um, uh, gave, uh, gave birth to Tumar Ruchin. One was a male whose name was Tuval Cain, mm. and the other was a female whose name was Nama. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, I should mention that we also learn from the Nishmas Chaim that. Um, uh, well, first of all, the Zayar Kodesh tells us that these particular shading, which come from that whole family, are suspended in the ether somewhere in the air. Um, <laughs> like weather balloons. Yeah, whatever. Um, Literally just but, hanging out. Well, but there's it actually has ramifications that are too detailed to go into right now. Mm. But um, but that uh, the Nishmas Chaim, as I, as I started saying, uh, these uh, he, he holds that that kind it all that stems from the scene sort of where Cain is he he murders his brother he's banished and then he fears for his life because he's confronted with all of these shading where did they come from these are the shading that mm. were created in the twilight in Benashmashis before of the seventh day right um and he's that first origin story that we talked about right and he's mm-hmm. afraid they're going to kill him that sounds legit right um and uh and so uh, if you juxtapose that story with the story from the Zayhar about, you know, about uh, Cain and his Ruach, and then that's what gives birth to Tuval Cain and Amma, mm-hmm. um, you have that sort of to contend with in your, in your head. But then as well, there's this whole idea. Uh, it sort of answers the question of how could Tuval Cain, a person, and Naama, a person, right. create Shadim? Um, uh the answer is, well, they weren't people. Right. So the Zohar is noticing that there's this inherent problem in the text and coming back and providing a solution. Right. What's interesting about that, though, is that later in history, you can have two humans create Shadim, mm. um, which we can talk about uh, as well in a later mm. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. um, but uh, they are uh, at this early stage in the chronology in the history the, uh, they need the four queens to do that Nama being one of them mm-hmm. so she gets created sort of by another shade right so. right so that it has to it has to start somewhere right um okay i hear you right all right great so we have four whole Demon origin stories, and so lots of things to point back to when you're trying to figure out where that demon who's bothering you came from. 
You have your pick, right? Well, there's there's more. We're gonna there's, it's, it there's gets really more. it gets really interesting. Yeah, we haven't even started talking about Lilith or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming. Very cool. All right, thanks, Alan. All right, shade thrower. So we got a question from our listener Eliza, who tweets us at Elizy CG, um, and she asked us about a. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer question. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, she teaches uh, some. She teaches. She's a Jewish educator, and um, is teaching her kids about Hanukkah and doing some cool demon stories, which is awesome. And they're they're reading Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins by Eric Kimmel, which like if you haven't read it is just classic and amazing um and also zigzag which is also by eric kimmel um similar kind of kind of deal where there's a there's a hanukkah story with demons and a rabbi who overcomes them Uh, but so she has two questions so one is there any info out there about places like the town of brisk where zigzag the book takes place where encounters with demons have been documented and her second question is are there any Talmudic tales about Hanukkah and demons or goblins? So, uh, great question, Eliza. Thank you for shooting that our way. Alan, anything to say on either of those? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Thank you very much. Um, here's the... <laughs> this is not going to go well. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> why did you say that? <laughs> just, just a feeling I have. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. Um i start with the first question first. Documented instances of places? Yes. Um, the answer, short answer to that is yes. Like the Hellmouth in Sunnydale? Um, no. You're not. I mean, yes, there's that too, but. Right. No. Um, I'm, okay. I, she's asking like about the town, like the town, whatever. The answer is any place basically not in the quote-unquote new world like there any city there's uh, yes it's too many to mention right now like every place basically <laughs> there's documented right. stories about shadim whether it's uh, i mean i i'm, I'm i guess it's sort of what do you mean by documented like is there a monument to this encounter with a demon like probably uh, not yeah that i don't know about but like but are there folk, is there oral it's, history it's oral histories it's folk tales that's where this most of this stuff is from right um for sure I mean, I can. There was a real town, Brisk. I can guarantee you, there were shading documented in this there in in real folklore, or whatever. For sure. Um, well, and then there's also like specific places, like we mentioned earlier, where different kinds of shading like to hang out. Um, like you mentioned a couple, like doorways and bathrooms and things like that. Uh-huh. But also among the the ruins of different places is a is a big one. Yeah, that's that's Gemara, right? Right. Gamar Brachos talks about that. Yeah. But it's not really a specific place with a specific demon story. It's just kind of this this category of space. Right. Is is, you know, often populated by demons and you should watch out for it. Right, but I mean, you know, talking about towns, like yes, pretty much like if there was a town and mm-hmm. a Jewish population there, there are stories of Shadim there. Right. And actually, there was we mentioned in a previous episode that we had recorded an episode that we didn't release. And during that episode, we talked about this story by Isaac Basheva Singer, who often incorporated demons into his into his work. Um, there's a really cool short story called The Last Demon, mm-hmm. um, where it kind of it, it talks about the end of the era of demons populating uh, 
you know, small towns and cities and things like that. And what happens to this, this final demon who's just, um, clinging onto his work and his life. And, uh, it's, it's a really cool story. Um, I would also recommend Lilith's cave by Howard Schwartz. That's a good sort of global, um, you know, uh, it's a great compilation of stories from all over the world. And 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 at the end of each story, he tells you where the story comes from, where like the place where it comes from. Yeah. And approximately the time frame, which you don't always know exactly. Correct. But yeah, there's some dark, crazy stuff in that. That is a good. Yes. Good Mm -hmm. call. Lilith's cave. Um, That is awesome. And so her other question was about Talmudic tales about Hanukkah and demons or goblins. Is there anything that you know of? Uh, Talmudic? Absolutely not. Nothing in the Gemara about about cheating in Hanukkah. No Hanukkah demons. And uh, super disappointing, Alan. And unfortunately, not much else either. I mean, my my best uh, my best recommendation would be Eric Kimmel, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, So the great Eric Kimmel, which is odd. And I did want to talk about this for just a moment Mm -hmm. because you do find Shadim in all like a bunch of stuff about. Esther and Purim. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and you, Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. And you do find, um, you know, Shadim and other Yom Tovim, like we talked a little bit about Rosh other Hashanah. Other holidays, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it was a little stretch, but yeah, certainly <laughs> in Yom Kippur. And, <laughs> we never you know. stretch. <laughs> a rabbi never exaggerates. You may say things that never happen. Do you get this reference? I do not. <laughs> I think it's a Simpsons thing. Anyway, okay. sorry, right. go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so that... Um, we have uh, hardly anything about Hanukkah. Yeah. And I, my best guess for the reason for that is just that, you know, unlike Purim, it's not traditional in most Jewish communities. There are some that read what's called Megillat Antiochus. Mm. Um, uh, but um, it's rare. Uh, most Jewish communities don't have a, a book of Esther for Hanukkah. Yeah, there's not. And the books of Maccabees, which are apocryphal. Right, there's not a canonical the, text right. associated with Hanukkah. Hmm. The only thing canonical, um, air quotes again, about right. Hanukkah is the Gemara in Shabbos, which talks about the halachas of of uh, of uh, lighting the Hanukkah menorah, basically, and talks about sort of the history and the miracles and stuff, but not yeah. shading related. Yeah, um, hmm. that's an interesting theory. At the same time, you can find folkloric stories about shading and Hanukkah, but nothing in the in the Talmud. Yeah, Elisa, my dear, we will keep digging. If we find anything, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, thank you for your question. Thank you to all of our listeners who submit your questions. They are so cool and interesting. Please keep them coming. Um, Twitter at Throwing Shade, and we will talk about them on an upcoming episode. Okay, gorgeous listeners, we have come to the end of our time, but we're going to leave you with a quick action item, something to think about through the rest of your week so you can live better through Jewish demonology every single day, even when we don't release a podcast. Um, uh, So earlier we were talking about Tuval Kain, and that character comes out of what otherwise seems like a really mind-numbingly boring list of (laughs) begats that shows up in the Torah. And this happens over and over and over. And actually, so I studied Jewish studies in, um, in college and had a great professor that I really like that, that I really enjoyed learning from. And he would talk about these lists of begats as being equivalent to Super Bowl commercials. 
um, that hmm. basically the um, that's actually what the the author or authors, depending on. I mean, it was an academic institution, whatever. So like that's actually that what that's actually what um, the the Torah wants you to think about and focus on. This is a record of all of these people that that. Um, you know, uh, that, that illustrate roots and, um, and lineage. And these are really important concepts. And so the stories are often a way to kind of draw you into that other context content, but then you, uh, those are the commercials. That's the, that's the part that you're actually reading it (laughs) for, (laughs) you know, and I sort of loved that analogy and wanted to share it here and use it as a, as a way of just saying, don't discount the lists and the boring stuff. Um, take a moment to look a little deeper into those things that you kind of gloss over, whether it be in the Torah, whether it be in the news, <laughs> whether it be um, when you when you're presented with these things that that seem just like they fall into that category of God awful, mind numbingly boring. There can't be anything possibly interesting here. Like the rabbis dig into this and find really interesting moments to talk about the human condition and to draw a lesson from that and. Um, there's always something there. So even in the lists, even in the parts that aren't the fun stories and all of the exciting things, there's there's always something to learn from and to draw inspiration from and to uh, and to take with you. How you feel about that, Alan? Uh, I. I enjoy. I appreciate the message, but I'm and a, you I'm an amateur genealogist, so I like that. I like that kind of stuff. I don't think it's the boring part anyway. But <laughs> so I'm weird. So we, I'll acknowledge that we agree, but we come at it from completely different angles. Sure, amazing. And that is also our tradition. Excellent. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will catch you again next week on another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Catch you all later. Bye.